All right, hey, it's Case Lug Miles here, and I'm talking with G Love, master fuser of the alternative blues and hip hop worlds, and he'll be headed back to Humboldt for a show at HSU on Sunday night. Thanks for coming on the show once again, G. All right, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So you just got back from this jam cruise, and you were just telling me before we went on air that uh, sometimes when you perform, the boat is moving. It went out of Miami into all kinds of places, and you have trouble keeping your balance and keeping your equilibrium. Yeah, man, that's no joke. Because some of the days there was some, you know, pretty sizable swell out in the ocean, and uh, you know the boat's definitely swaying from side to side pretty good. So you got to take a step sometimes, and you're like. Yo, I'm not that drunk. (laughs) (laughs) One of the big stories here is that uh, your bassist came back to Special Sauce. I'm talking about Jimmy Jazz. He came back to the band for your new album, and uh, it's kind of reuniting the same old lineup from the early 90s. And kind of the cool uh, Humboldt tie is Jimmy Jazz. His brother lives here in Humboldt. Maybe you've met Bill? Oh, yeah. Billy, yeah. So Billy lives. He lives up there still, right? Yeah, he works for Sun Valley Farms. It's like a flower company here. He does marketing for them. Oh, cool. Yeah. Actually, uh, Jimmy Jazz's parents, Moved up to Trinidad. Oh, that's definitely killer. got some really strong ties up there in the area. And, um, I mean, I know a lot of people up there, too, but they all just grow weak. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to uh, stimulate the economy somehow. That's right. <laughs> so, um, whenever it comes to Jimmy Jazz, you know, you had this little bit of an absence between 09 and then last year. Now uh-huh. he's back in the band. How has his return sort of impacted you as a musician? Well, you know, Jim's kind of like in a lot of ways the heart and soul of, of the band. I mean, the way that he is so emotionally connected to everything. And, that, and that's what it is. It's the connectivity and the connection that he has to the music and to the songs and that we, we three of us have together that makes what we do special as, as a trio. And, um, you know, we miss him a lot over the years. I'm happy he's back. And That's like that absence makes the heart grow fonder thing? Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, you know, like, we had to take a break for a while, and we did, and, and um, we went back to make the new record, and, you know, we did one session earlier, and, and we felt like something was missing, and, um, you know, let's give Jim a call and, and see uh, see what he's doing, see if he's even into it. How did that call come about? Did you uh, did you just reach out to him on the phone? Actually, it's kind of a funny story. Um, my sound guy, Chris Benedetto, he was getting married I guess now it's been two or three years in the Dominican Republic and I was going down and Jim had always maintained a great friendship with Chris and so he and Chanta, his wife, were going down. I hadn't seen Jim for like or talked to him for like five years and all of a sudden the first day I get there we're um, we're sitting at the rehearsal dinner together, you know. So, I mean, I was really happy to see him and um, oh, just over the course of the week we had a couple hearts of hearts and you know, I asked him at that time, I said, hey, Jim, would you ever consider, you know, getting back on the road again? He goes, you know, you know, Gary, I don't really want to get back on the road. He said that. I don't want to go back on the road, but I'd be, I'd be down to go in the studio. I said, all right, cool. And I wasn't really, I was kind of happy with my unit at the time, but I was just kind of feeling the waters. And <clears throat> All right, well, anyhow, we fast forward a year, we're in the studio, called Jim up, and he is down and he comes down to the studio we got a great bunch of songs to record and jim comes with this energy and this playing and just the first night it was like we were just like better than ever we had ever been and just shredding these tracks like a freight train like a human freight train playing these grooves and you know we made the record in five days and uh, i was uh, i was helping jim pack his car uh-huh. and i said hey we just looked at each other we knew i was like we're going on the road right and he's like yeah and I go, okay, I'll call my manager, Jay, and then, you know, the next 
that was it. <laughs> uh, leave it up to the vibe and the emotion of a wedding to reunite two old friends. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, funny how that happens. Case Lug, Miles here, and I'm talking with G-Love, master fuser of the alternative blues and hip-hop worlds, and he'll be headed back to Humboldt for a show at HSU on Sunday night. Well, you have a good formula right now. Sugar broke the top 50 on the Billboard 200, and I know you you don't really give a damn about what the, the charts are saying, <laughs> but what do you think uh, were the main contributing factors to uh, that record being your highest debut to date? Very complimentary you to say that, but the reality of it is that they're cracking the Billboard top 50 right now is totally meaningless because that equates to like one of our lower first weeks of record sales ever, like in the 90s. So you just see how no one really is selling records except very few huge pop stars. But still within the talent pool, that does mean that, you know, the the interest was still there um, whenever it comes to like a percentage of the people out there purchasing records at that time. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And it's definitely like a good thing. And, you know, that that comes from just our core fans that, that have been supporting us for so many years. And that makes us look good for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and then we get back out and, you know, go bring it to them. So it's all right. good. Well, Sugar is a good formula. You know, you brought the hip-hop and the blues, and you had that kind of raw vibe from the early stuff. And yeah. uh, it brought up that nostalgia intent a little bit. And um, there's a song that we're spinning on Case Lug. We're spinning Nothing Else Quite Like Home. And oh, cool. obviously I love the, the Ben Harper chorus and I just love the energy in the song. Um, but there's a backstory behind that. Originally, Dan Reynolds, the lead singer of Imagine Dragons, he was going to be in that song, right? I have never met Dan in person, but we had talked on the phone. We were introduced on a phone call through a mutual friend. And it turns out Dan was a really big fan, you know, kind of grew up him and his brothers like listening to G-Love and I guess the first, I don't want to embarrass him, but the first song he ever performed, like when he was 13 at a New Year's Eve party, was uh, Baby's Got Soft. Nice. <laughs> From our first record. So that was, like, pretty cool, and uh, we just laughed about that. Hey, I had talked to him, and I said, man, we should do something. He said, yeah, man, well, you know, if you, you get something hot, send him my way. Well, we did the first session. You know, it went well, and I thought it was good. But I didn't really like feel something that could be good for him to write to, and plus everything was pretty much written, and it was just kind of be weird, you know. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of held off, and then we did the second session with Jim. One of the things we did was this groove that ended up being the instrumental for Nothing Quite Like Home, and uh, and I had this I did, had an idea for a riff that was based on an old hip hop tune. Of course, I showed Jim, you know, listen to this hip hop tune. This is what I'm playing. He goes, oh, you're playing it wrong. <laughs> okay, well, we'll keep it like that. Right. You know? Hey, yeah, we just put a drum break in it, and then uh, I said, what are we going to do for the change? Oh, let's slide up here for the change. So we had this cool arrangement of this groove, and it was hot. And I said, damn, I'm going to send this one to Dan. So I did, and he sent back six hours later this amazing vocal and lyrics that he had just come up with for the groove, just then recorded into his computer mic. And, man, this sounded like a record already. The thing that bummed me out was that I wanted to write to it, too. But after he wrote to it, I was like, oh, well, this is it. You yeah, know? Like, I don't want to touch that now. Just for business reasons of whatever, you know, all good. Dan wasn't able to be on the track. But I said, man, let's see if Ben would come in. And Ben came in, and he was really pumped about track. And he did a great job. So we were happy to have him. It's good knowing that it's out there and that it exists. And we will definitely <laughs> take your word for it that it was a wonderful uh, track. 
I hear that riff and you're talking about how, uh, was it Jimmy who was saying, oh, you're playing it wrong. Kind of reminds me of like a bluesed out version of Smoke on the Water. That's not where I got it from, but yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because Smoke on the Water is... And this is... Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the bass line does. Yeah, I kind of... The syncopation is almost there, but it's... It's kind of similar, yeah. I wanted to say you have Matt Costa opening. Last question. Uh, what's your history like with Matt? Well, I remember the first time I met Matt, he was uh, an artist that Jack Johnson started working with. I think he might have been the third sign to Brushfire. It was like Donovan and then me... And then Matt, I think, you know, musicians are competitive. You can admit it or not. But like, I was like, you know, who is this guy? And then it wasn't like he was trying to prove himself, but just from what he did and the music that came out of him, I really respected him and, and became a fan pretty quickly. And uh, we've toured a lot over the years. And actually, he helped me to write the song Saturday Night on um, the new record. Well, uh, obviously, we enjoy um, your friendship with Jack Johnson. And uh, I did say last question, but maybe I was kind of lying. How have you liked your relationship with Brushfire Records over the years? Those guys, it's really a labor of love, you know, because Jack's been so successful that the money that they make from, if any, if they do make any money from the label is very small from the money that they make from doing a single Jack tour or a single Jack record. So this thing for them is like, yo, we love these artists. We want to give them a creative home. We want to help, you know, coax and coach their creative vision and make great music that we believe in and love. And, I, and I'm sure you can look on brushfirerecords.com and look at their mission statement, but I think that that's kind of probably close to what they believe in. And, and that's just been a wonderful place to be a, a musician. And it's an open place, a creative place, and a supportive place. And, you know, you couldn't ask for a better group of guys to work with. That's beautiful, G. I'm Miles. This is K-Slug. I'm wrapping up a chat with G-Love, master fuser of the alternative blues and hip-hop worlds. And he'll be headed back to Humboldt for a show at HSU on Sunday night. Thank you so much, man. We can't wait to get there. And uh, make sure when you come, stop by the merch booth and get yourself some G-Love special hot sauce. Heck yeah. And I'll get a t-shirt too, G. All right, man.